Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In the locker room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good morning. And, you know, making it into the show today, uh, <laughs> Craig Wolfley will not be with us. Um, he has some other commitments. So it will be myself, Max Starks. And Mr. Wesley Euler here entertaining you for the next, oh, hour and 47 minutes of the show. Um, reason why I say hour 47, not two. We had some <laughs> little bit of technical difficulties, a little, little, little behind the scenes, how the sausage is made moment. Yeah, uh, the, gremlins, you know, the you, gremlins were out early this morning, Max. They're up and yeah, at them. The, yeah, the gremlins tried to cross the wires and tried to do a splitter here and send it there and... You, pretty much I couldn't hear anything from the studio. So, uh, <laughs> and then when I would hear it, it would cut out. But we're good now. We're good and clear. You know, nothing's going to stop this this crackpot crew That's right. from delivering a quality show to you this Friday. And, um, Wes, I, I kind of started out with NFL news, right? Mm-hmm. We've got hirings, my friend. Yes, we do. Yeah, that's right, Mister 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 Jimmy Harbaugh. Ah, however, you, however you feel about him, uh, you know, wins the national title, and then is now going to be the chart the Los Angeles Chargers' new head coach. He has come to terms. I actually knew. I I, I mean, th- this was inevitable, right, Wes? I mean, mm-hmm. were we not thinking about this once the Jim Harbaugh name was thrown into the NFL coaching search hatch? that this was the best place he could land of all the teams. This had the most attractive upside with personnel of the teams that were available. Yeah, completely agree. Um, If I was one of these candidates for a head coaching job this offseason, Max, I think the Chargers would be the one that I want for um, some tangible and some non-tangible reasons. As you mentioned, I think they're the only one – that doesn't have a the, – the only head coaching opening or previous vacancy that didn't have a huge question mark at quarterback. Now, we can all argue, is Herbert elite? Is he great? Is he good? Is he overrated? Is he? But I think they have their franchise guy. I think we can all agree upon that. He is certainly a QB1 in the National Football League. A, a lot no, of the, he, a, he, yeah, he absolutely is. Yeah, um, and a lot of these other teams, I mean, you, you look at some of the other teams that have vacancies, you know, Carolina, okay, you've got Bryce Young, who was who was just a top pick less than a year ago, but there's some questions there. Atlanta questions at the QB position. Washington questions at the QB position. Uh, Seattle, I mean, do you love Geno Smith or Drew Locke, or would you want to – the Chargers feel like the one that that's not really a question. The question of the quarterback is just how great can this guy really be, and if you're Jim Harbaugh – You've got a pretty good track record of of getting the best, getting the, the juice squeezed out of quarterbacks, right? So makes a lot of sense from that yeah. standpoint. And as well, Max, too, if you're if you're going to be a multimillionaire head coach, 
L.A. is not a bad market to be in, particularly with the Chargers, right? I mean, you're not the Lakers. You're not the Dodgers. You're probably not even the Rams. Uh, If you win, it's going to be great, and people are going to love you, and they're going to show up. If you lose, you're not going to get crushed like you would in Chicago or Dallas or Atlanta or Seattle or D.C., right? So I think for a lot of reasons it makes sense. Yeah, now you're wedged firmly in in the three to five, three through five hole of sports teams out there, right? Right. right. I mean, you, you you'll 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 never be the Lakers, and you'll never be you know the Rams have actually brought a Super Bowl mm-hmm. to L.A. So they're one and two, and then now you're saying, okay, I'm competing with the Clippers, USC, <laughs> right. Right, the LA, the LA Kings, and the LA, well, the LA Kings, and even then, there's no Gretzky. There hasn't been Gretzky there for almost two and a half decades. And like the Uh, the LA Angels, I mean, Shohei's gone. Trout's going to be gone before too much longer. I'm I'm like, I'm like, Otani's out of there. So Trout's going to be getting his soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're in Anaheim, anyways. They're closer to that. I mean, the Angels have to fight Disney. Uh, You know. (laughs) So, so we're not worried there, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and I think when you don't have that high of an expectation, that makes it even easier. It's like, listen, as long as I'm competitive year in and year out, and we're sniffing or in the playoffs mm-hmm. at least over fifty percent of the time, I can keep this job. I can be Cush, mm-hmm. and I, I can, I can do it. And let's also remember Jim Harbaugh outside of his Michigan stint. He's done good work in the state of California. <laughs> he certainly has. Certainly has. You know what I'm saying? Between Stanford and San Francisco, I mean, you know, the guy, the guy, and you know, he 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 like he likes him some left coast. Yep. He likes himself some Pacific Ocean. He must not like swimming. He just likes looking at water because it is really cold. Uh, <laughs> the Pacific <laughs> side of things, but he does his best work out there. Yeah. So, yeah, it just there were too many indicators. Um, for this for this to be the natural landing spot, and obviously I know you have to go through the entire propriety of the process. Um, another one that is uh, intriguing: um, Raheem Morris. Yeah, like you said, questions at the quarterback there, but they, they, uh, you know, no question at the head coaching position now. Raheem Morris is now the new Atlanta Falcons head coach, which is a very intriguing one. Mm-hmm. Um, just tell me kind of your thoughts. I mean, getting another shot at the, uh, at, 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 at the head honcho job again for Raheem did a great job in LA as their defensive coordinator. Um, they had their ups and their downs early in the year when they were trying to figure out, you know, with all the young guys, but then, I mean, turned it on to, to get into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it is, it's funny, a lot of times we talk about when the Rams lose coaches, right, that kind of McVay tree, but that normally falls on the offensive side of the things, you know, for, for Sean McVay yeah. and company over there. We talk a lot about that. But, yeah, Raheem Morris coming from the other side of the football, and I, I think you're spot on. I I love this hire for Atlanta for a lot of different reasons. I mean, you're, you're getting a guy who has had head coaching experience over multiple years in this league. You know, that came about a decade ago, and he's had to work his way back to this point. But – I mean, Max, he's he's been in the NFL for over 20 years. He's still in his 40s. He's got head coaching experience. Like, this checks a lot of boxes for me. Atlanta's at a point where they are clearly in a rebuild, and I think Raheem Morris is a, is a good guy that they can start building this thing with. He is – he's coached kind of – I mean, again, he's – 
always been on the defensive side of the football. When Well, he did have a couple years actually as a wide receivers coach with the Falcons as well, too, when he was previously with the organization. So he's coached all over the NFL, all different roles, over 20 years of experience, head coaching experience, still in his 40s, relatively young for a head coach. I, I, I like this move from Atlanta. That's it's kind of the anti Belichick, right? Instead of getting the uh, instead of getting the old proven guy, you're going with a a younger, uh, more up and coming commodity. And like I said, where where Atlanta is in their timeline, I think this is a perfect fit. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, he he, he had he had his stand kinda had to kinda had to go back to the well and, and reinvent himself or, or reprove himself and now he gets another shot at that. Like you said, hopefully Arthur Blank will give him a little bit of a longer leash yeah. to try and get this under control. Now, you know, offensively they've got questions. Defense they've got questions. Hopefully they solve the defense first because you already got a solid run game. You just need to kind of bolster that offensive line a little bit um, and then figure out the quarterback. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how they maneuver that. Do they attack that immediately in this draft or are they going to attack it through free agency? Um, that's going to be a very interesting one. Um, but – yeah, you know, exciting to see nonetheless. I mean, mm-hmm. Raheem Morris returns back to the NFC South. You yep, know, that's right. And I mean, um, so, you know, and he and yeah. he was the uh, he was the interim head coach of the Falcons, wasn't he? Before he before he left for the Rams. So yeah, he was. Yep. Maybe when Dan it, Quinn got released, right? Right. Yes. So yeah. maybe that that familiarity, you know that 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 can also I think be an advantage to him too. Like he knows the ownership, he knows the organization. He was just in that building a few years ago. Hopefully that helps him hit the ground running as well. Well, yeah, and he has some players that are still on that squad from when he was there. Yeah. So yep. that'll be good. Um, the next one, you got Dave Canales. That's right. Tampa Bay Bucks mm-hmm. play caller. Guy who, you know, Todd Bowles took a, you know, took a risk on putting him in that OC position post Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich um, and Bruce Arians. And, uh, you know, he did a heck of a job, man. I have to say, I mean, think about this. Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield and that team we saw in the first preseason game of the year. You know, they looked off kilter. You remember Kyle Trask mm-hmm. or da- Baker Mayfield? We didn't know mm-hmm. who it was going to be. And their offense was just, ugh. Um, and for them to crawl out of it, win the NFC South, and, and then make it to the divisional round, nonetheless. And honestly, it comes down to – just not having enough opportunities in the end to really close that. But they were hanging with Detroit, yeah. giving Detroit all they can handle. You know, now granted, we'll talk about. I mean, people will parse will parse the straws and dissect Todd Bowles' ability using those timeouts at the end of the game sure. for clock sure. management purposes. Um, and you know, and I know analytics said go for two after that last touchdown um, to try and make this an even more intense game and cut it with within six going into that those last four minutes of the game but I mean Dave Canales you know he he put together a heck of a game plan and you know allowed for Baker to to flourish and Baker did a really good job and won himself a job for multiple years now Mm -hmm. down there and then um Rashad White and that offensive line man they had a solid run game so I'm hoping so I guess you know what the Panthers are thinking is hey if we can get you to duplicate that here with our personnel, no doubt you know, we, we can go beat your old team. <laughs> right, right, yeah, and and I I think that's well said by you. And listen, the Panthers they I mean they've been looking for the head coach for a while, right? They have 
They have certainly they have certainly gone through They've some names. They've turned over all rocks. They have turned over all rocks from all different walks of coaching life as well too. I mean they've yeah. you know they they've they've plucked guys from college from from other staffs. They've they've kind of tried the gambit here. But I think the right thing they're doing this time is as you kind of mentioned, assessing the personnel that they have there in Carolina, namely the the young quarterback and Bryce Young and what they've invested in him in a top pick and going out and making a hire through that scope, you know, through through that lens of we've got a lot invested on this offense. We are going to continue to, you know, have to turn over a lot of stones on this roster. Um, and so let's go get a head coach that can help mold these guys, help grow these guys. And, uh, hey, I, I'm not going to say that, that Carolina's finally solved their problems because, again, they've, they've, you know, they've been – looking for the right head coach now for a little too long, but I at least think the logic behind this hire was correct and, and we'll see how it plays out. Absolutely. And you know, one or the other one I want to mention, Brian Callahan going to the Titans. Uh, if that name sounds familiar to you, yes. Uh, OC for the Cincinnati Bengals since Joe Burrow's been there and a little bit before him. And he's also the son of longtime coach Bill Callahan. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has the bloodlines. He has the pedigree. Um, you're thinking about uh, Brian Callahan. Brian Callahan before, you know, kind of transforming, um, you know, the Bengals offense and ultimately the franchise, you know, working with Joe Burrow and and everyone. Um, you know, he's also worked with two other pretty tantalizing names and guys who will be, who will be and are, Gold Jackets, you know, he worked with Peyton Manning back in the day for yep. Indianapolis. And then he also worked with Matthew Stafford in Detroit. So, you know, Brian Callahan brings a lot of experience. And when you talk about trying to modernize uh, what Tennessee's trying to do, um, that's a pretty big uh, pretty big guy to bring in for that. And I think, yep. you know, he he has that experience and he's proven he knows how, he knows how to run offenses. And that has been the biggest question is, how do you bring the Titans out of the dark ages? Um, with their offensive capabilities, and he's do, he's he's done a great job there. And since he to our chagrin, for more often than not, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And then even think about what he did with Jake Browning. Outside of the two times we played him, I mean, Jake Browning played pretty lights out. Yeah, for a young rookie, so it was a very friendly offense for young quarterbacks. And you think about you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to deal with uh, Will Levis, aka Banana Man, because um, he eats bananas whole. <laughs> That's why I call him Banana Man. He's been doing that since he's been at Kentucky, since yep. I also work in the SEC. Yep. So I've been calling him Banana Man for a couple of years now. So don't <laughs> think I'm just, oh, man, he's just making this up. No. No, that and, and, and the mayo inside your coffee, which yeah. is disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. So, so, he, so he's got a lot of things to work on out there. Hopefully he can teach Will how to drink a proper cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, um, maybe a little half and half, all right. Not some not some uh some yeah, Hellmans or some Dukes there, you know. There's different creamers. You don't go for creamy mayo. Just cuz it says creamy on the label does not mean it goes in coffee. I, um they like, have some self-respect. You know how please. they do the, the Duke's mayo bowl and they dump the mayo on the winning head oh, coach? Oh, they're so disgusting. I want to throw up every time I see I it. think I would rather have a mayo bath, though, than have to drink an entire cup of coffee with mayonnaise in it. Like, one sip, okay, I could stomach that. But, to, ooh. Would you rather have, well, the, would you rather have the mayo poured listen. on you or have to be consumed inside of coffee beans? Yeah. Neither. I don't want. I, just put it on a sandwich Wes, and leave it alone. Where's this coming from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, why 
do we need it to be more than just a sandwich spread? Just slap it on you a know? club sandwich, some fries on the side, and let's roll. I mean, or even you know what? Even a, a nice little a nice little sliver down the side of your Philly cheesesteak. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, like now you're speaking even my language. Even there is is a good spot, but dumping a five gallon jug of that on a human being. Or taking a dollop and just plop it in there like a sour cream on, <laughs> on top of a baked potato inside of your coffee. You know, no, chance. no, no, chance. no absolutely not. No, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't even, ah, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's making my skin crawl uh, thinking about it. But, you know, we, we shall see. Uh, good young talent, just, you know. Different, different strokes mm-hmm. for different folks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, those are the main ones. Obviously, you know, we didn't really get into the Gerard Mayo. That was kind of an internal hire. Yeah. Patriots already had their guy pegged. Um, so, I mean, it's a direct lineage thing. He was a co- he was a head coach and waiting there pretty much. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what he does. As a, I mean, he's been a great assistant up there. You know, Bill Belichick speaks really highly of him. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, to turn that franchise around because they have, I mean, it, listen, listen, the theme of these coaching hires outside of LA is quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. 100%. 100%. You know, because you still don't know what you have. Well, even though Bryce Young was number one overall, Dave Canales, he, he doesn't know he's walking into. I mean, he, he saw it twice this year. So obviously he has some insight, but he was looking at the defense and that's going to, that's going to need an overhaul as well. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of work to be done there, but Everyone has a quarterback question mark. There's no security um, in the position that you're going into. And like I said, you know, I just talked about Brian Callahan, Will Levis, you know, also obviously have to deal with the departure of a Ryan Tannehill. Yep. You know, in that situation. Plus, you know, you got Malik Willis still sitting on that roster. So you've got more so quarterback turmoil hmm. than uncertainty. Yeah. Um, you know, between the three guys that you have there on roster and do you upgrade in the draft with that as well? That's going to be the question. So, you know, I kind of look at these and um, the, I, well, oh, we have one more. We have one more, but this one's kind of a non-star because it was the interim turn, turn permanent head coach in Antonio Pierce. Uh, yes. So AP, great fit. We saw his work with the team. Yep. Um, and the player, players wanted him to keep that job permanently. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he won that locker room and he won games. Two things, you know, you can't can't beat that, right? Yep. Yep. And they, hey, they've, win the they've locker struggled. room, win the players. Especially there. Good. They've struggled to win games as of late. Yeah, they have. They have. And if you can get some certainty and then, you know, they've that, that's what? That's that's three head coaches in what, four years there. Sure is. Yep. Because yeah, when Gruden got fired, Basaccia was the interim, took him to the playoffs, then they didn't decide to keep Basaccia, <laughs> which would have been another possible you know yep. retention of of an interim yep. that they could have done but they went josh mcdaniels and and then that that failed as we all expected it to do yep. because josh mcdaniels cannot get from under the wing of of uh <laughs> of good old belichick um and so now he i'm sure he'll return if belichick i mean the options are now starting to narrow because uh, remember belichick right, you know right he had a, he had two interviews with, with atlanta and you know, a I don't know why you, you you know if you wanted Belichick I don't know why you would need two interviews for him. Correct. But I, I you know we I kind of talked about this earlier this week and I was talking with uh with with Craig's uh, younger brother Ron on their show we were kind of going through it because he played for Belichick in Cleveland mm-hmm. and he was saying you know we kind of got to the same conclusion that uh, the second interview might not have been 
for the Falcons. It might have been for Belichick saying, I have some questions for you guys. Ooh. <laughs> and I mean, hey, he's got the he's got the gravitas yeah. to do that, right? But Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's just it's just Washington and Seattle that are, are left currently looking for coaches as we stand now. And when we look at that, think about this. Does Belichick want to go all the way to the Pacific Northwest and replace, you know, one of his own, right? you know, same era? I mean, and do, do the Seahawks want to go through say, a, a rebuild do, do with the, another 70-year-old coach? Do the Seahawks <laughs> want to hire a 70-year-old coach at this point in their timeline? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so I, I think that my – I think those two um, jobs might be placeholders for some guys that are playing this weekend. Hmm. You know. Sure. You know, I, I think I think that's one of those. Ben Johnson – Mm-hmm. Who's late? Who's been linked to a lot of head coaching searches and teams wanting to interview mm-hmm. him, but because of the responsibility he has with the NFC Championship um, coming up on Sunday against San Francisco, uh, you got to wait. You got to wait for that guy to interview him. And also, you know what we're hearing either whether it's Clint Kubiak or Brian Greasy um, are guys that are of intrigue, and Brian Greasy more so for OC jobs, which there's a lot of those out there right now, mm-hmm. um, along with us. But, um, but you know, Clint, what, what Clint Kubiak's doing um, as a passing game coordinator for San Francisco. So those, those are a couple of names floated out there that I'm sure people want to get a hold of. Because, I, I, you know, if I was Seattle, you know, and I'm thinking about connections or who do I have that has an affinity that understands the Seahawks culture, you know, I would think Dan Quinn would have been a guy that yeah, would have been an immediate choice right out the gate for Seattle. Um, Washington, I don't know. You know, listen, Josh Harris is trying to – trying to overhaul this this entire front office and also overturning, you know, the head coaching. Um, Eric Bieniemy's interviewed there, and you would have thought if that, if that went well or they had a warm and fuzzy feeling, he probably would have been hired. He has not been. And then also, you know, he's bringing in new front office people um, to really help him guide this and make this a, a good thing. So it's interesting for both of the last two teams kind of holding out on their head coaches, what they're going to do. So, so yeah, so that is, that is around the league. And, you know, with that, we're going to step aside, my friend, because I just realized we blew past everything. Um, That's all right. To make sure that we get Missy in. I've been, te- <laughs> I've been texting Missy and, and she's, I think she's a little laid up, Max. She had a, she had an ankle injury. So she's, uh, oh, she's on order. Okay. She's on ordered rest. So hopefully Missy will, uh, will forgive us for being a little late. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, we, 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 we got to do that. All right. So we're going to break here. We'll be back with more. We're going to have Missy Matthews here and, uh, we'll be back inside the locker room in a few minutes. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, no Friday is complete until you hear that sound. The AKA, I call it the... the Baby, baby. Yeah, exactly. The Notorious (laughs) B.I.G. inspired uh, line. Um, of of uh, of beats, but that only means one thing. That means the one, the only Missy Matthews joins us here inside the locker room, which is my sideline mate and, of course, broadcast crew team mom uh, herself. <laughs> uh, Missy, h- how are we doing today? Heard some news. How are we feeling? 
Oh, you know, um, I sprained my ankle last Thursday and got the, you know, maybe you should take it a little easy this week. So I'm <laughs> trying to follow orders and icing and wearing a boot. So that's why I told Wes, I'm pretty much stuck in my house. So I don't have much going oh, on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. And, and this this could be post, uh, post-sideline syndrome also as well. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you held totally. up pretty well during the season, but now it's like, hey, season's over with. The body's like, okay, we're taking a break, literally. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. But listen, oh. if we were in Baltimore last weekend, I would have been there. I, I would have ditched the boot and just said, I'll deal with it after. Heck, yeah. That's right. Throw on the Jays. Throw on the Jays, and we're good. It has Picks, a great soul. Pittsburgh you know? tough put right there. Dr. Scholes. Yeah, put some Dr. Scholes <laughs> in there. A little gel insoles. <laughs> Missy, I, I need I need to know. So what when Missy Matthews is laid up on on rest, uh what's what's the television show, what's the movie, what's the entertainment yeah, content that's that's being yeah. consumed? Well, I, I do love me some good morning football, but that's probably like, you know, a typical thing. Sure. Um I love the Real Housewives <laughs> series of pretty Ooh. much every city. So been catching up on that. Um, I finished the crown. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like at the point where I'm just going crazy. So I'm ready for the weekend and you know, I'll be probably sitting in a hockey rink, but at least I'll be around people. I was about to say, uh, you know, does, does that curtail your, your hockey duties or do you just get to go be a civilian and just watch and, and, and the husband kicks in? Well, you know, he, he likes, he coaches all the teams, so he's always there, but I like to go and watch. I do love, um, watching hockey in person, obviously I'm biased too, cause I like to watch my boys, but, um, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it is a lot of fun. I, you know, they have a great group of kids and parents and it can end up being a really fun weekend as long as the boys aren't, you know, angry if they're losing or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of jump back into that mode and not watching hockey games on my phone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that is fun. Um, yeah, because I think I saw Real Housewives of Los Angeles. My wife was had it on, so <laughs> I had to kind of deal with that. They, you they watched them, Max. It's okay. Italy. You can admit it. They were yeah. in Italy. On, Did Max. they go to Italy or Spain? I can't remember. Oh, uh, he can't remember. Uh, it was Spain. Trip. Okay. No, see, yeah, it was. See, yeah, it was see. Barcelona. That's the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I just caught up on that last okay. night. Okay. Yeah. See. See. Exactly. See. I mean, you know, I, I walked by. Now. I'm. Not, I'm not. I didn't sit down and watch. I saw Garcelle <laughs> Beauvais was on there. Uh, of course, I remember yes. her yes. as as fancy from the from the Jamie Foxx show. Um, that's that's okay. and then also she was uh, she was Rose Bear number number two in uh, Coming to America. So that that's about my extent of that. So mm. that was a that was a face I remembered. That was about it. Uh, nice. And then after that, it was just yeah yeah. Then I, I walked out the room. You kept walking. Um, yeah, I kept walking. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh look, girls up okay. Okay, I'm gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Missy, we were talking about kind of looking at the 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 head coaching hires around the league because I think mm-hmm. that also kind of gives you a temperature about you know whoever doesn't get those head coaching jobs that might be interviewing for them now can become potential offensive coordinator candidates in certain instances. You know, talk about an Eric Bieniemy um, being one of those guys. Um, Brian Johnson, um, you know, could potentially be that type of guy. I mean, obviously, he's he's doing a great job right now with uh, Detroit. Probably will, will be one of those spots that will be intriguing of the ones left. But 
you know, as you kind of look at kind of this head coaching as the dust is starting to settle and there's only two teams left um, that are, I think, are really waiting for teams from these conference championship teams to really interview. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about how the OC search has been going for Pittsburgh and, and the names that are that have been released? Well, they technically have only released um, Thomas Brown. Now, I know all of the reports out there. Uh, about you know the interview today with Gerard Johnson and um, you know if that is indeed what's happening the at Steelers the official account um, I guess is tweeting it out now and it was crazy because this week I was kind of going back to when Todd Haley was hired I was with the team um, and remembered it but didn't really remember much about the search process but it was the same thing where they you know um, put out there who they were interviewing at the time um, and I just think this is kind of similar to the GM search that they did um, before, you know, obviously giving it to Omar Khan and then hi- hiring Andy Weidel as the assistant GM. It was very thorough. It was a, they cast a wide net. And I think based off of what, what Coach said last week during his season-ending press conference, he wanted to learn in the process of what, what's out there, what guys think, um, different systems, different philosophies. And I feel like that's, you know, kind of where they're at. I'm sure at the senior bowl, they'll meet with people too, whether if it's the first time or the second time, as you said, with the teams in it this week, no one can talk to those guys until their team loses um, or during, you know, that week before the Super Bowl. So um, definitely interesting. Um, And I, I just feel like the Steelers are very methodical. They're not going to rush into making a hire. I'm sure they're paying attention. As you said back, you know, there's OC type guys that are getting head coaching jobs, but then there's also guys left that are possible OC candidates for them. So I think they're just kind of going through that process. And even Todd Haley wasn't hired until after the senior bowl, Hmm. um, whenever he was brought in as OC. So interested to see, you know, how many more names are out there and how this process goes and, um, you know, when when the announcement is made. Missy Matthews with us here on In the Locker Room. Missy, I, I wanted to ask you as well, too. Um, I think you guys did a good job of highlighting this about every single Friday throughout the regular season. Certainly something we've discussed plenty was um, the strong Steelers rookie class and the impact that those guys were able to have. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. yesterday being named a finalist for AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, it's an impressive list. Guys like Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Devin Witherspoon, Kobe Turner. Those are the other uh, the four of the uh, the other five finalists there with PZ Jr. Um, those are some great players in there. Like I said, it, it's going to be tough, but I think that just speaks to for him not even starting the season, not even beginning the season as a starter, um, you know, having to kind of wait and earn his time and earn that role and carve out those snaps and those reps before ultimately really taking off. I think, you know, we see that and we recognize it and it gets us excited. But for me, it's it's really cool. It's exciting to see that on a national scale as well, too, uh, with him being nominated for Defensive Rookie of the Year and just the great platform that he had this rookie season and where he could grow from there. Yeah, totally agree. And obviously, I think people in Pittsburgh are obviously biased. Um, But I do think just the maturation process that we saw of him from like going back to being drafted. uh, I loved his Instagram post this week, like, you know, y'all wanted a uh, angry football player, you know, (laughs) playing off of what his dad told him after he didn't get drafted in the first round. 
um, and decided to go home to watch day two of the draft. And I actually had a chance to sit down with him before the Buffalo game. Um, and he, I asked him about, you know, not being a starter right away. And he said, it's what happened at Penn State. It really prepared me for it. And he said that Grady Brown was definitely one of those guys that really helped him through that process um, and making him get better and better until finally it was his job and then keeping up that intensity. Um, I think, you know, when you look at the list of wide receivers that he was, you know, in charge of covering and trying to stop, it's, it's very impressive. Um, and I think, you know, there's, he was voted the team rookie of the year. Um, I think Broderick Jones could have, you know, had a very good say in that as well. Um, you could, probably could have went either way, but I just think, it was great to see him kind of come into his own. And I think even, you know, Coach Tomlin probably in terms of like knowing what rookies need after playing a season, possibly a bowl game training for the draft. Um, it, it's a long season. It's a lot of not stopping in that rookie wall. They don't want it to exist. So maybe part of it was making sure he was prepared. And part of it was knowing, hey, we want him to be at his best down the stretch. Yeah, it, it, it was, very, you know, I think, a very, a very good, um, you know, decision, I think, by, was it the pro, whoever, the Pro Football Writers Associate? PFWA. PFD, PFWA, yeah, I always get my acronyms wrong with that. Well, I guess this uh, is actually AP Defensive or, Rookie or of the it, Year, oh, right? AP, so Associated Press. AP, it's okay. a lot of crossover okay, there, to be fair, but yeah, technically a different entity. Same names, different, different. Same acronyms. church, different uh, pews. Our, is yeah, our buddy exactly, Pursuit would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. So no, that that was excellent. Um, you know, I, I still got to go with this fallout, uh, Missy, T.J. Watt, not getting the uh, the nod from the the PFWA uh, for mm -hmm. for defensive player of the year, and obviously they've had all but a handful of times where they were wrong, and you know for the actual NFL Defensive Player of the Year. But TJ did win AFC Defensive Player of the Year for the 101 Awards um, held by the Kansas City Committee, which was the precursor to NFL honors. So, mm -hmm. you know, where are we at with this kind of him versus Miles Garrett when he wins in almost all these metrics? Like, what do you think is the thought process behind this on why it just wasn't a full sale sweep and why it isn't unanimous for, uh, for a TJ? Yeah, I think he's going to get screwed. Um, I, I just, you know, when you look outside of Pittsburgh, and obviously people in Pittsburgh are going to say TJ deserves it, and people in Cleveland clearly think that Miles Garrett, but from a national perspective, um, I always read Peter King's columns every Monday, and he talked about the defensive player of the year voting, which he does cast a vote, and was going through what he considered, you know, his top choices and the research he did. And basically at the end of it, it's like, so I think Miles Garrett gets it. And you're kind of like, well, but you just said that TJ had 19 sacks and that's three years, the only player in NFL history to lead the league in sacks that many times. Um, the quarterback hits and it, it's all, I think, the analytics and the PFF stuff. And for whatever reason, I just feel like if a Peter King is going that route, you would assume other people are as well. Um, I mean, I would be pleasantly surprised if he got it. I just, unfortunately, it just feels like it's going the wrong way. Yeah. 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 Does, Agreed. It it. Agreed. It is frustrating as well. To Agreed. Boo. Boo. Uh, Wait, Max, before, yeah. we, uh, before we let Missy go, can we ask her some of the quick hitters that we've been kicking around these last couple weeks? 
Absolutely. You know what? That would be phenomenal. Uh, Missy, so we've like, you know, with the last two weeks, we've kind of been doing some vacation side topics, as you can see where our mindset is at. <laughs> oh, okay. So we have to know, favorite beach of Missy Matthews? Marco Island. Oh, no, Ooh. no hesitation. Okay. No hesitation. Going you can take me there Naples. any time of the year. That's my place. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Um, what okay. were some of the other love ones? It. Oh, uh, favorite. Do you have a favorite uh, amusement park or roller coaster? Ooh. Um. Oh. I. I love like every roller coaster at Kennywood. I'm not gonna lie. The steel curtain. That's um, great. Really freaks me out at the beginning because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of heights and it's like that slow, awkward. Yep. Going up where you're like at a 90 degree angle. It, tick, 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 but tick, I still tick, like tick, it. I just I like roller coasters. I just don't like to know how high up I am. I know that sounds very bizarre. Um, really big fan of the Jackrabbit and the Thunderbolt at Kennywood, mm-hmm. and then at Universal the Hulk. That one. Yes, I'm a big okay, fan of. There as well. we go. We talked about that, Max. We did. We did talk about that. We did talk about that. Now, Missy, I will say this: uh, next time you make it to Universal, the Velocicoaster, you must do it. You got to what, do it. What is it, that? It, it's, Oh, it, oh! It, it is a brand new roller coaster that was unveiled probably about ah, two, two and a half years ago, at um at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure down in Orlando, and uh, mm-hmm. it is, it puts the steel curtain, meets the Hulk, meets <laughs> uh you know just a whole bunch of different ones. It is, it's an extremely fast coaster. It's an extremely. Uh, not necessarily like steep because they, they accelerate, but the double mm-hmm. corkscrews across the water in the in, in the lagoon in the middle of the park is pretty wild. Oh, that's cool. um, and then when you think it stops, it keeps going. So it, it's a pretty pretty fun intense coaster. If you love coasters, that is definitely one to check out next time you are down there. And uh, you 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 might have you might have a new favorite over the Hulk. I can tell you that from my personal experience. It's it's Hulk Jurassic. My, it's like okay. Jurassic Park based, isn't it, Max? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it is. It's, it's based off the Velociraptors and you know, kind of the newer, um, you know, was it Chris Pratt? You know, adaptation with with with, mm-hmm. the, with all the uh, with all of the Velo- you know the Velociraptors and his research behind them, and they created this thing to go chase after them. So, so yeah, that's kind of the general premise of it. But yeah, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty good one to 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 go after. Okay, very cool. I'm I'm in. There it is. There's. Do we have another one, Wes? I'm trying to think. I was trying to think too. I feel like there's one that I'm forgetting, but I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah, I think there's one more. But that, but that's a, that, that's still a good, that's a, still a good. If we choices. remember it next week, Missy, can we have you back on next week one more time to close this thing down for our show finale? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, because because Wolf, because Wolf, Wolf misses you and he and he hate that he missed you, but he had he, he had he had to go do some official you know he's stealer hobnobbing yes yeah he had to hobnob (laughs) um so so i'm sure he he also wants to say uh his piece of and we'll we'll have a brand new topic for you to think about um and we'll we'll get a more comprehensive list uh with you so uh make sure you get better my friend please stay off the leg enjoy the housewives enjoy (laughs) enjoy the, the binge worthy time um and uh and we'll talk to you next week have a good weekend all right sounds good guys thanks you too thanks missy all right awesome that was missy matthews joining us on the hotline here inside the locker room all right we're gonna step aside because 
We are about to go into the power hour in hour number two. So we're going to step aside, pay some bills. We'll be back in a minute here inside the locker room. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, so I did say it was going to be the power hour, but it is not. We have we have a quick one that we have to do. Make sure we pay off all of our responsibilities. Well, we also had to get um, this in here too, Max. Yeah, you know what? We did not get the opening salvo. You know, let's go ahead. Let, let's ring it up one more time. That's right. We're storming the other ship. That's right. We're in the middle of of the Allegheny River, trying to cross over to, to the three 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 river confluence right by Akershire Stadium, and we've got a battle. We got a battle on the three rivers, uh, so we have to do a double <laughs> double salvo shot. You know, and in fact, for the third river, let's give it one more time for the third river. There we go. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, we had to do the opening salvo. That's why we came back to the show really. And then in power hour, we're going to have a topic du jour, of course. And, uh, you know, I got to say this real quick before we break. I love the fact that our fans are giving us recommendations for, for things to talk about when it relates to the food category. Same here. Fantastic. And, and it has been fantastic this entire, uh, last week or so. Yes. As you could tell. We, we we did not get this way by accident. We we don't we didn't become big guys overnight. Like oh my gosh, you know I got, you know I I I I had I had some a little extra salt and I got swollen. No 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 no. This is years of practice, years of practice to earn our way into being food critiques. That's right. Uh, and you might look at me and you might special. look at me and think I don't belong, but I'm the Floyd Mayweather of this. Okay, I'm pound for pound, baby. I'm I'm yeah. in there. No no. I mean, listen. If it cut and you're. <clears throat> you're a combo guy too, Wes. I mean, you're not just <clears throat> a food guy. You're also you're also you're also a libation specialist oh, too. Buddy. So I mean, you know, we and we've had we've had some great nights. We've had some great nights out uh, where I'm like, oh, oh, Wes is still going, still standing strong. The glasses hadn't gotten foggy yet. So yeah, no. So so you're you're multifaceted, Wes Euler, West Virginia Mountaineers. Yeah, exactly. You're, you you are putting that that moniker to pride, my friend. No shame at all. That's right. We so, saw we saw right. we saw Reagan in here the other day. He was in here for a, for a meeting with some of the iHeart people, and he popped in to say hi to Moats and I. And, and he was laughing with Moats. He was like, "We went out in Buffalo on Sunday night, and Wes was just kicking that pack those Labats, and you know, every twenty minutes, I'd look over at him, and the smile on his face would be even wider." Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. Need a little more action here, guys. A little more action. Hey, I'm an easy wings, yeah, wings and Labat. I mean, you put a big smile on my face. I'm an easy guy to please. Yeah, not, not hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean, li- li- listen, even though even though we were on a wing boycott, uh, you know, you still had to sneak in. So, or I'm sorry, buffalo wing boycott. That's Let's right. Be specific. I said, just you give me the regular wings. wings. Don't give me the buffalo. Yeah, wings. yeah, exactly. Don't put it in the hot sauce. Just put it on the side. If you dip it, it's not quite <laughs> a buffalo that's wing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> It's not bathed in it, so it doesn't count. I mean, there's a drench factor uh, associated with a <laughs> buffalo wing. Uh, I can do I can do mine naked. 
naked with sauce on the side, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, hard fry. Um, I ain't got no type. Want, uh, yeah, exactly. No no soggy wings, though. No soggy wings. No, we cook no. those things. Yeah. Let them get crispy. All right, we're going to step aside. We'll be back with the Power Hour and more here inside the locker room. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 